On this episode of the Phantom Jukebox Podcast, we're going to be taking a look through the blacked out glasses of the best blind piano player that I've ever seen, Stevie Wonder. Welcome back. Welcome back. Yes. I am Joseph Shannon. And I'm Ty Lindsay. And we are two musicians diving into the world of music, their myths, conspiracies, and bizarre music history. Yes. Huge thank you to all of you listening and and rating and reviewing and engaging with us through this journey. Out there in streaming land. Yes. On the interwebs. On the interwebs. We are available on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Spotify also has a rating feature as well. I think you can you can only leave the stars. You can't right, yeah. really leave a review. But uh, you can re- leave a review on Apple Podcasts. Yes. Yeah. In really, which we actually got a bad review, which a little tease for you right we'll, here. But we'll talk about it later. It's a, it's a so I I do really really enjoy. Uh, I actually take to heart a lot of uh, criticism. I listen. Yeah. I listen back on uh, old episodes myself to uh, to make notes on and all that. Yeah. Um, so I really, really do like criticism, good and bad. I think I've said before, I prefer mm-hmm. somebody to love it or hate it rather than have something in the middle because the middle doesn't really tell me much. Yeah. Uh, but this particular review, what they're asking us to change is entertaining. So it's not that. Uh, um, yeah, we're not sour about it. No, 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 no. It's I actually, I actually more. The, celebrating the fact that we got our first bad review because when, when we get more popular, there's more to come. Yeah. It just, mean, it just means uh, <laughs> things are shaken. Yeah. And uh, we're crossing the fr- threshold there. Yeah. It's, it's, it's good. Yeah. It's, it's good to have negative feedback as well. I mean, because it can't all be positive or somebody's lying to, to be honest. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, but like, like again, we'll talk about it at the end of the show after the meat of the episode, but the, what yes. they're asking us to yes. change was kind of ridiculous and we got to talk about it. It's too funny. Yeah. Uh, but if you want to follow us, you can follow us on twitter.com forward slash phantom jukebox underscore facebook.com forward slash phantom jukebox or instagram.com forward slash phantom jukebox podcast. You know, tell yes. us what you like. What's your favorite episode so far? Do you like Stevie wonder? Have you ever heard of this before? And that is a big, what we're going to be discussing today. I found out a lot researching this episode. Oh yes. Stevie wonder is just very interesting. I, mean, I, I, yeah, I, uh, I kind of, I've heard of this once, but I've not gone into the details and I know very little about Stevie wonder outside of like Sir Duke and you know, the, his, mm. you know, uh, actually superstition is probably one of my less favorite songs of his really? great song, not a bad song. Love it. But it's just one of those songs. It's like, it's not his best. Like, like in my mm, opinion, yeah. like there are other, like, Sir Duke is so much more fun to me. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So you are familiar with the music though. Oh, Stevie Wonder's music? Yeah. Oh, he's, he's incredible. Oh, uh, yes. The melodies he writes, isn't she lovely? Like the, especially the ba- as a bass player, very fascinated with the, yeah, the music of Stevie Yeah, I can Wonder. see that. Yes. Yeah, Sir Duke alone, the da-da-da-da-da-da-da, like the, the breakdown, yeah. legendary. Um, and yes, and also I want, before we get into it, say thank you to Dakota Galvin 
for running these amazing socials that we are present on. Yes. But uh, much better than Ty and I could. Oh, yeah. No, I, I would uh, I would royally mess this up if I was in charge of the socials. Yeah. I'm not even really good at my own socials, to be honest. Yeah, I'm really trying to get better for the band and for the podcast, but it's just, it's like beating a dead horse. It really is. <laughs> Maybe it'll get up and ride one day. Yeah. Come on, Silver. And thank you to Kenny Grooms for being able to take the crap that we hand him. I don't think it was, just, cra- I don't think that was crap. I don't think it was crap at all. I think yeah. it was definitely a stone to be polished, <laughs> but uh, I thought we had, a, we, we had a lot of fun writing that. that they yeah, definitely. Song. And we are going to be writing some more background stuff for the podcast soon. Um, but yes, I know what you're thinking. Yes. Real quick. I have a couple of announcements. Not okay. To you off. Yes. Um, so uh, at the end of this episode, we're actually going to play other world's new song really excited about mm-hmm. uh we have an interview from connor Lindsay, the lead singer of other world talking about it and then we're actually going to tag the song at the end of the episode so if you hang around uh you'll get the brand new song at the end of the episode and uh if you go to youtube uh, other world curse of man you've got the music video that uh got put out with it and that was that was an interesting process making that music video yeah you get to see what ty and i do when we're not uh sitting at a dinner table for an hour and a half discussing madness what's every two weeks uh and one more quick announcement we were part of the indie podcaster tournament put on by uh that damn podcast that damn podcast that damn podcast it's but it's put on by good pods uh which we're also on good pods is like a facebook for podcasters yes um so pretty much it's like a bracket challenge i believe there's up to like 64 different podcasts competing at the same time and we are pair, you know, they were entered in pairs and basically we got it. We have these different challenges we do each week. This week we are paired up with uh, Omega star seven, which is like an audio comedy drama podcast. It's kind of like, kind of like cowboy bebop in a way, but not mm. quite like they're bounty hunters. They're on a spaceship. They're out in like the wastelands of space. Yeah. But it's, it's presented more as like, it's like a comedy kind of like adventure type thing. And that it's a, uh, okay. I've been uh, listening to the opposition and we have to make a meme about them. Okay. Uh, so the memes are going to be posted, I believe around one o'clock tomorrow, uh, which would be Monday. Yes. Uh, and if you could uh, vote for it on Twitter and the winner from this round moves on to the next challenge. So, and the challenges okay. are different each week. So uh, Ooh. the one we were told this week is memes. So we're memeing up against Omega star seven. Vote for uh, Phantom Jukebox against their meme, which they're making yes. about us, which I'm so, oh, I'm so curious what nice. they're going to do. Uh, we think we got a good one. So yeah. stay tuned for that. But uh, at the end of the episode, we'll talk more about the, uh, the bad review and then uh, we'll end on something cool, which will be the new music. Nice. Now, I know through the, through the intro of this episode, you're maybe thinking if you didn't already see the social media post, uh, why, why is Joe talking a lot more than usual yes well you might be thinking oh how the turntables yes well this is the first episode that i am hosting and boy what a episode to start off on <laughs> thank so you. excited for thank you. you so excited for you Joe. yes thank you thank you i appreciate it <laughs> uh man what an episode to start on than other than Stevie Wonder, so much more to this man than meets the eye. Ow. (laughs) (laughs) 
I saw the vein coming up out of your head, just waiting to tell that joke. <laughs> that was the only thing that I probably thought of. I didn't think of in advance. Yeah. Oh. Uh, <laughs> the only thing that was actual spontaneity. Um, yeah. There. Yes. You're, so you already talked about how you, you know, of Stevie wonders music. Oh, legendary. And, yeah. Yeah. No, he's an incredible musician. I mean, he really shaped just, how R and B was looked at, you know? Yeah. Very influential. There's a lot of things I didn't know about him and I'm hoping that you didn't know either. There's a lot of, the most I know about him is he played like a, uh, three octave harmonica or something like that. <laughs> um, he, uh, he's really, really good at piano and I like a lot of his music. I don't, I, about his life itself. I don't know a lot about actually. Well, it just so happens that he's very, very good at the piano and we'll get, we'll get to just how good in a second. Okay. But, uh, Steph land Hardaway Judkins is how I believe it's pronounced. Oh, um, S T E V L A N D is his first name. Like Studvin, like Stev land. Hmm. Yeah. Okay. But, uh, Stevie wonder. AKA Stevie Wonder was born on May 13th, 1950. Okay, wow. In Sagan Saginaw, Michigan. Yes. Stevie Wonder was one of six children in Michigan. His siblings used the last name Hardaway. And this is all according to his mother's authorized biography. And Wonder's surname was legally changed to Morris, an old family name. Okay. But uh, Stevie Wonder was reportedly reported to be a prodigy because, boy, did things start quick for him. I I believe he, like, as good as he was, like, I uh, is, sorry, I I believe it. I I couldn't imagine playing blind, well, learning blind. That would be different. I feel oh, so like. he was he was blind from go like from we'll get to that we'll okay. get to that I don't want to spoil it anything right oh, now okay, but okay. he learned to play piano drums and the harmonica at age nine okay so already age nine three instruments there's nothing more humbling than uh, like exam if it, for me if, like looking at bass videos <laughs> yeah. uh, being like you're feeling pretty yeah. good about yourself and then you go online and you <laughs> see like a uh, Literally, like I said, like a nine-year-old playing like some yeah. really complicated song. Yeah. And their fingers don't even look big enough to like They're reach. not. No. But yeah. they do it anyway. Yeah. Their just, hands are just that much faster. I'm just like, hmm. like oh. 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 <laughs> I, guess, I guess that's one way to play. Uh, it's like tapping and his fingers are like yeah. an inch and a half long. <laughs> I'm like, well, I'm going to go sit in the corner and cry now. Uh, that was basically Stevie Wonder because at age 11, he was signed to Motown's Tamla record label at age 11. 11? 11. He, was, he learned how to play three instruments at age nine. At 11, he was already signed to a record label. That, wow. Yeah. So he was one of those guys that just playing away instantly. You know, a thing that we, could look, we should look up is, mm. um, I don't know how old Michael Jackson was. But do you think Michael Jackson was born really, really good? Or do you think his dad, who I hear was like ah. one of like the roughest people, like 
though as much as he had them rehearse and stuff. Do you think Michael Jackson was born a prodigy or like had some talent and then it was just he was kind of forced to like refine himself down to being as good as he was that young? Like what age he was in like Jackson 5 era? Yeah. Because I mean like his dad had him playing at like clubs and stuff where like he's like he's just a little kid. Oh, even before Jackson 5? No, no, when they were the Jackson oh, okay. Five, like, yeah. but his their dad was the one that like, uh, really like, oh, to try and get him out on his own. And, re- no, well, yeah. he had like the band like rehearse and rehearse and rehearse. Wow, he wanted them to be the best, and then like, uh, um, basically instead of having this normal childhood, he's got this like band manager father, uh, you know, kind of like forcing him to, you know, you know, you know, you're gonna keep rehearsing, you're gonna keep getting better. Yeah. You know, was Michael Jackson just like really good in his training to get to that good as he was, or was he born a prodigy? I think that'd be interesting to look into compared to like Stevie wonder. Uh, well, and also like as a singer, he, it says that he was Michael Jackson was 10 in while he was in Jackson five, the youngest member. It looks wow. like. I know it was a side change, but I was just yeah. curious. Child prodigies are so like, so interesting. But so, so yeah, Stevie wonder, on a record label at 11 years old. That hurts. Yeah. But it that really goes, does. It just goes to show that he's that good. And then when you listen to his music, you're like, no, he is that good. That's when he was given the stage name, Little Stevie Wonder. I mean. Perfect. Perfect. By 13, by age 13, Fingertips, point, fingertips Part 2 hit the top uh, Billboard's Hot 100 when he was 13 years old. And stayed there for three weeks. It led number one on the single chart. Hmm. Yeah. I mean. Number one at 13. Number one at 13. Yeah. Making him the youngest artist ever to top the chart. Ever. Hmm. Like. There's some. There's some like Guinness records under his belt. You know, for stuff. For just being so good at his craft. Basically. Yeah, I believe. Wow. Yeah. I wonder if that record, I bet that record still holds. I'm going to look that up over. Yeah. Um, And also one of the first artists in history to top the pop charts and the R and B charts simultaneously. 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 Yeah. He, he's a big deal. He's, I don't know if you know about him. Like that Stevie wonder guy. He's pretty much a big deal. That little Stevie wonder. Uh, if you hear the uh, click clack in the background, that's uh, our cult leader Ziggy uh, patrolling. Cult leader, co-producer, uh, patrolling her grounds. Uh, you can find her at Ziggy Smalls on Instagram. Really, just trying to make sure that we're actually working and doing right. our job. Mm-hmm. <laughs> in 1971, the contract with Motown expires, and one Stevie Wonder negotiates for a com- for a complete. Complete artistic control before re-signing. So like, but he was born 50, 71. So he's 21 and he's getting, he's getting all the rights to his music. Basically. Man, so many people don't get that deal. The Beatles didn't get that deal. That is a hard thing to get to, especially nowadays. Um, According, uh, just doing a quick search, he's still apparently the youngest. Yeah. at, At 13 to top the charts. Which, I mean, I can't imagine them getting much younger and doing it, you know? Yeah. I mean, yeah, to get famous at 13, I could imagine. I, there's 
definitely younger. Like Michael Jackson at 10 in Jackson 5, there's definitely younger artists that were popular. Yeah. But, but none that produced a song that hit the top. Yeah, no. That's. Uh, yeah, nah, nah, not to not to reach that level already. I mean, that's got to be so weird being so that famous that already. Yeah. At 12. What does that do to you? You know, right. Which I think is where you you either have to have a sense of humor and be able to handle this kind of stuff or it's just going to swallow you up. I would think um, going back to the child prodigy thing, uh, I had heard about this. Uh, I don't know if it was like a study, but it was like, an, I don't know what you would technically call it, but there was this uh, article, I, I guess you'd say I, I read and it was about uh, how it's actually really kind of tough for child prodigies mm. because they're kind of like a, um, because, and it's not really their fault. It's really that, you know, they're, they're really, really good at something really, really young and they come out and they yeah. release incredible work at, at such a young age and reach an understanding of, let's just keep with music, you know, a pianist, let's say. Yeah. Um, they say it's actually really, really hard for them as they get older because they're the novelty of them peaking so young kind of wears off. Oh. And then it's always regarded that like their best work was when they were younger because they're not, because they impressed everybody so young. Yeah. Nothing that they do afterwards seems to measure up in some cases. Yeah, I can see that. It's just really sad because it's not the case because like they're just, they're just that far ahead, that young. And yeah. then basically everybody else kind of like interpreting it and honestly, like the worst way possible Yeah, and going like, man, eh, he's not that good anymore. When you just not writing like he was when he was 12, you know? Yeah. And I mean, up. I also know there are some cases where like prodigies, I mean, yeah, they play very well for their age. Right. But in some cases like, yeah, that's still not like, that's very good for your age, but like, that's still just like an average guitar player. Yeah. I mean, in there, some cases there is something to be said about experience with playing because going back to those, those like, uh, you know, kids you see online technically with amazing technical prowess, you know, with especially your know, tiny little hands. Yeah. Doing incredible, like, you know, unimaginable things on the guitar. But I think there is something to be said about the experience of playing and then just like, you know, playing, you know, different chord progressions and just the experience and time you've put into something. Yeah. You probably would notice like, uh, I mean, if they both wrote the same, you give them the same chord progression and told both people to write the same song. I, I would like to see that experiment actually done. And I'm, but I would imagine the people that have played longer, just physically longer. Yeah. Would write something you'd probably want to hear more than a prodigy. The prodigy would get close, but it's just, understanding music for that amount of time and the passion for it. You right. Know? And they just like kind of just letting it develop. And there's nothing like, I'm not speaking against like a, just being naturally inclined at something, but it's great that they've got that head start, but you still get, just got to like, you still got to put your time in, you got to cut your teeth. Yeah. Uh, you know, playing. And it's cool that they're like already that far ahead, like maybe to get past the basics and like, yeah, you can play, you know, Pagnini, which is, unbelievable like there's people that can't do that but it's like yeah don't stop there make sure you go further like you've been yeah hitting that plateau when you start playing really young that you're probably hitting that plateau way earlier right than most other musicians and you just keep going like basically it's, they turn into like the steve eyes of music where they're not really 
I'm not saying Steve, Steve Vai's music isn't like listenable, but he's mm-hmm. not like your average, you know, he's not like your, your top down drive on an evening, you know, yeah. sundown type music. It's, he's more of like an, ex, you know, uh, uh, a, a musical scientist. Yeah. In my opinion, like he just released a song, uh, it was called the Hydra and it's a guitar with three heads, the 12 string with a fretless. Why? 12 string on top, uh, a regular guitar in the middle, and then like a bass at the bottom. And it's because he can, because he's running out of interesting things to do in his mind. Yeah. And he has to, he's trying to think of more and more crazy things. I've done it all. To push the boundaries of Steve. Yeah. I know. It's just like, uh, I I mean, I like it because it's, it's people like you, you kind of wind up studying more than listening to, but those people are crucial in my opinion. Cause like there's things like Steve, I does. I'm like, how can I apply that to bass playing? Mm, um yeah yeah it's it's just really really interesting so i I, it's cool to see um uh i I enjoy the idea of like having like a prodigy like come out and just be really really good but like i I think it's to get to the end of it is i do think there's experience is a big part of like yeah and you need that passion to keep going to get that experience right i mean even if like you're good at something at nine years old like you're a prodigy at let's go back to uh, him being 13 if you're a prodigy at 13 but still like that 13 year old Stevie wonder then it's not writing Sir Duke by the time yeah. he writes Sir Duke. And that came with the experience he got along the way. And he just, you know, he had this lead being really, really naturally inclined to being good at music. Yeah. And then you add the experience he had on top of that. And then you get a song as unstoppable as Sir Duke. It's yeah. It's like, how would you think of that? And it's like, because it's Stevie wonder, like his yeah. brain is just made to make that good of music. <laughs> which is why I'm very glad he is still with us today. But uh, in 1973, he actually got in a severe car crash on his way to um, Durham, uh, North Carolina. I had trouble remembering what NC stood for, <laughs> but uh, to it's, the his, it's the end of the week. Yeah. To promote his new album, inner visions. Uh, that left him with a serious head injury and actually left, put him in a four day long coma. Yeah. Which it doesn't say whether or not Stevie wonder was driving. So that doesn't give us any clues, but, uh, could you imagine assuming that he wasn't driving being the driver and having Stevie wonder in the back, getting in a car accident that put him in a coma for four days. Like, well, the, uh, well, so you don't know if the other driver, like if there was a driver, you don't know if they, they lived or not. No, no, no. Uh, driver was fine, but Stevie wonder was in a coma for four days. So just being the driver and I feel like I would feel guilty as hell. Cause like the, well, I would feel guilty as hell if it was anybody. Yeah. But especially it's like someone that couldn't drive, you would want like, that's a lot of trust, you know? Oh, so he was already blinded. So he's a, so when, do you know when he goes blind? Um, we'll get, we'll get back to that. Okay. okay. So 73, he's already blind though. Yes. Okay. Yeah. So he's not driving. (laughs) Yeah, no, that's why I put that in there. It's more of a joke. (laughs) Oh, okay. All right. Sorry. We, we don't know if he was driving. Um, I totally missed that one. Uh, or, or should I say, I hope he wasn't. Okay. <laughs> oh, that went uh, completely over my head. I'm disappointed in myself. <laughs> His works for Inner Visions, uh, f- fulfillingness f- first finale, 
and songs in the key of life, all different albums. Mm. All. I love that title. I really like that one. Actually all one Grammy award for album of the year. And this was 1973, 1974 and 1976. So like three back-to-back albums, Grammy award for album of the year, which is a world record for this album a year is tough, man. Yeah. Wow. I mean, the, and the demands back in the day were different. Um, yeah, but like that's, it's, I mean, for single is one thing. Yeah. Singles are different, but like to write a full, like imagine like, let's say 10 song album. Yeah. Tough. The right material, like, especially like if you want like good quality material, like it's, that's working nonstop. Let's get off the road and recording, get back on the road. Yeah. And he was tied for the record at the time with Frank Sinatra, actually. Old blue eyes. Uh, Yeah. Very nice. Um, yeah. For the most album of the year wins and man, the three consecutive albums in a row. Just thinking about that, like first two only a year apart. And then the third one was two years later, but but that's only because he released an album. Album of the year. Like you only read. Yeah. Yeah. That's only because he just didn't release an album. Showing how good his music that he releases is. I mean, yeah. That each one in a row was an album of the year when he released it. Yeah. His body of work is incredible. That's. It gets a little bit more uh, noticeable how incredible it is when uh, he was nominated for 74 Grammy Awards. Jesus won, he won 25 of them. That's a lot. Like, <laughs> I didn't pull up a uh, Taylor Swift discography to uh, uh, compare and contrast, but that's a lot. You said 64. Uh, 74 nominated nominated for 74 and he won yes. he won 25 that's still pretty good that's still very good yeah and we've we've been nominated for no grammy <laughs> and we've won none let us know in the review yeah if the song that we play at the end is worthy <laughs> if we should be nominated oh man i don't know i don't know who to talk to for that but We'll get Dakota on it. She'll probably handle that more. I'll have to look at that afterwards. I'll just see like a head to head take T Swift versus uh oh man T Swift versus uh Steve. I Wonder. don't. I didn't want to look it up because I'm just. I want to believe in my heart of hearts that uh, Stevie Wonder's got it in the bag. I would hope no so. competition. You know what I mean. He also performed at the 2006 Super Bowl, and uh, performed at the 2009 inauguration for President Barack Obama. Mm-hmm. which I mean, he's just doing great things all around. Great things. Yeah. He was inducted into the rhythm of blues, Hall of, rhythm and blues music hall of fame, the rock and roll hall of fame and the songwriters hall of fame. He's in three different hall of fames. There's uh, I, I, so going back to our last episode with Dolly yeah. Parton, like I see Stevie wonder in the rock and roll more than I see. Dolly Parton. Dolly Parton, yeah. 100%. Like, Superstition's a pretty rocking song, and then... Yeah, especially, uh, not to plug anything, but a very a sad but superstitious someone put on YouTube where they <laughs> mashed Superstitious, or Superstition, and uh, Sad But True by Metallica. And it just works. It works so well. <laughs> it works when it should. 
But yeah, I, I completely see him being in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Definitely. Light rock. Definitely the lighter yeah. side of rock, but I could see it. Definitely. I don't think he should have been in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame before Rhythm and Blues. I didn't, I don't know the uh, years. I didn't look that up, but I'm, I'm very hoping that he was in the Rhythm and Blues Hall of Fame first. Yeah. I mean, that's more of his bag. And then you just like, we need to put him in something else. Yeah, he's, he's rock too, and roll. He's too songwriters. Good. He's anything too good to fit in just one Hall of Fame. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so to answer your question, he has twenty five Grammys, and then Taylor Swift yeah. has eleven. See, in he's got it in the bag. In the bag. In the bag. More than double. Of course. Why? What? Why would I have doubted? Stevie Wonder's running out of places to put the Grammys. <laughs> he's got to buy another house just to store them. <laughs> Walking up, pulling a wheelbarrow behind him, just full of other Grammy. Just the shelving space I have to buy for this damn thing. <laughs> More of a burden at this point. <laughs> well, of course, we we know, like, how amazing Stevie Wonder's discography is, and so many, all of the Grammys, just best rhythm and blues song, best vocal performance, like. I have a list here of all of the Grammy awards he's won, but just going through it, I'm it so much. Yeah, no, it's, it's like a, honestly, it's a, like a, again, with Dolly Parton, it's just her, their lives. Like I mean, going into his life specifically would have to be like its own episode. Like this is more about this conspiracy uh, rather per se, but uh, uh, definitely if we get to, if we get the time uh, to come back and revisit some of these people, I'd like to like, you know, do a deep dive into like yeah. their lives. Cause it's fascinating. There is, um, one of the last more factual parts of just Stevie wonders life that I have. One of the last things we can actually count on. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Basically. <laughs> um, did you know that he is actually noted for his work in a 1980 campaign to make Martin Luther King Jr.'s birthday? a recognized federal holiday. Oh, cool. Nice. That was him. Really? Yeah. I didn't know that it wasn't a holiday since Martin Luther King was around. I didn't really know much about that either. It's yeah. cool that he, I like that he fought for it. Yeah. That was actually, he had rallies and everything going to make that a federal holiday that we recognize as it should. So, and it is more than just a day off. I mean, really, yes. a lot of people just kind of like take it for granted, but it's, it's a big deal. Yeah. Like it's a pretty big deal. Yeah. A lot happened. Yeah. It wasn't just a small step. No, no. And, uh, yeah, I, I try to do my best to like, at least read about, about him on, you know, you should read about him all the time, but especially on that day, like, yeah, try to like take in and at least, at least sit back and really think about the weight of what the day really means. Exactly. You no, know? <laughs> but it's really, I, it's really, really cool. Like, it's just like, it's another cool thing to add to the, uh, under, yeah, put on the, the list the of stuff that he's done. Stevie wonder as well as, um, in 2009, he was named, uh, United nation, United nations. All my job is to do is speak and it's getting so hard. <laughs> it's the way to the crown, my friend. Yeah. It's the way to the crown. <laughs> <laughs> uh, in 2009, he was named the United nations messenger of peace. And in 2014 was actually honored with the presidential medal of freedom. Like I'm only annoyed that that's not Morgan Freeman. 
because okay yeah just just imagine just uh wasn't there a movie where it was uh <laughs> where it was like the world was ending and then it was just morgan freeman pops up and he's basically just like you know hello everybody <laughs> the world <laughs> is going to calm us all down i'm here to calmly tell you that the world is going to end <laughs> <laughs> if that's how I got told though, I'd be fine with it. He just uh, well, you know. Well, at least Morgan Free Morgan Freeman told us and yeah. If Morgan Freeman's telling me like, I guess it just kinda happens, you know. <laughs> Alien overlords, what are you gonna do? Bound to happen sometime, I guess. <laughs> Might as well get notified by Morgan Freeman. I wish. <laughs> but for real, like uh so he's rep- was the representative for peace, was it? A uh presidential med uh Presidential Medal of Freedom and the United Nations Messenger of Peace. Kind of a big deal. Kind of a big deal. Yeah. More than just the R&B artist, you know, piano player that is allegedly blind. Oh. (laughs) (laughs) I can't wait to get into this conspiracy. Just like. Well, let's do it. Yes. Let's start off with. um, We're taking a hard left on a crazy town. Oh, yeah. Um, Getting superstitious. (laughs) there are some people who went far i mean and it was hard to watch some of these videos when doing some research some research because it really felt like it was they were trying to put in subliminal messaging like (laughs) what do you mean by that it was like a lot of like uh clips where it was just very fast paced clips one into the other of like examples. And I'll get to, I'll present you with some examples that they showed in these clips. So we don't have to rewatch those. Okay. Because it's, there's, yeah, it's very cultish videos that you can find and <laughs> flashing like pictures yeah. of like the Illuminati and stuff. <laughs> Illuminati. He sticks his hand out. Illuminati. Uh, that's not the same thing. Oh, but, like okay. our first episode with Elvis. It was like when he wipes his forehead, that's the signal for that's life. That's the signal. It's the signal for still alive. Yeah. It's supposed to be Elvis. And it's just some dude mowing the lawn or something. <laughs> so, so what actually, is, so what is, what is this conspiracy? It's all that there's a lot of people uh, that believe Stevie wonder can still see. And that it's just been a long con. This whole time on for how old is he? Like 70? Yeah. 50. So he's 72. Yeah. So he's been keeping this up for like, he's just been going six, which, before we get into it, which is actually, I'm glad that you brought that up. First, I wanted to ask you. Okay. And put yourself in Stevie Wonder shoes. Okay. So close your eyes or don't. We don't know. <laughs> when I close, when I open. If you were faking blindness at first, Say what? Maybe he was faking it first. How would you come clean? After how long is it too far and you just have to fake it for the rest of your life because it's too late to come clean? Well, it's not like Lance Armstrong. Um, it's not like he ha- would have to give the money back or like the titles back because he, mm. he still wrote that music and he still performed that way. Yeah. Um, to be honest, I don't, I think he's such a beloved person at this point Yeah, that he's got enough like Tom Hanks credit, you know, like Tom yeah. Hanks, like yeah. 
that lovable. He could like, do anything wrong. And they were like, oh, it's just Tom Hanks, though. Yeah. You know, it's just like, oh, Tom Hanks. Oh, look at him. being. He's like Tom literally Hanks. walking out of a bank with money with like a big dollar <laughs> sign on it. Hey, it's the guy from Castaway. He just waves and walks out. <laughs> well said. And he just points at you, snaps. Well, yeah. I guess he just didn't want to wait. You know, don't <laughs> Tom Hanks. I don't either, but I'm not Tom Hanks. <laughs> Stevie Wonder's got so much of that uh, lo- beloved energy, though. I don't think like, yeah, there would be nasty, you know, tweets and stuff but I don't, yeah ultimately it wouldn't be it just it would be a, as big of a deal i don't think like i don't like if he just like suddenly came clean i think he would just be like eh, all right well it's wow that's that's interesting he's like i'm gonna go back to my house now my one of my houses yeah count my you know with those 25 grammys i still gotta find shelving space for. <laughs> i almost think it would have the opposite effect oh, to right. where not the people, the opposite of uh, people being mad about it. I think it would be the best, like, people would think of him as, like, the best prankster that R&B has ever seen. Of, like, mm. what? That's awesome. He can actually see what? I don't think it would have that effect. I don't know. It's very, because it seems like people want him. Like, that's what a lot of this is well, about. Nobody wants like, anybody people, to be blind. Yeah. Yeah. But it's like they want it to be a, a ruse and just the good joke of it all. I guess the closest thing, I'm not comparing this to blindness, but the closest thing I have to that happening in reality is actually uh, knowing that T-Pain can actually sing really, really well. <laughs> I know what have you Have you seen it? Yeah. He's phenomenal. But like he, so is the Tiny Desk concert, I think, the NPR Tiny Desk concert yeah. where he does a cover. He sings one of his songs and he's like, let's see how this goes. Cause you know, it's T-Pain. He's used to the, all the auto tune and stuff. Yeah. You know, I'm on a boat. Um, I love his cover with a song with Lonely. Yeah. Um, but he did uh, later on, I think it might've been for Tiny Desk or it was another concert. He did a cover of Sam Cooke's uh, World's Gonna Change. Mm. And it was jaw dropping. It's it's one of the the cover was so good. You wonder like, wow, do I like Sam Cooks more? You know, like is it? Oh, his cover is amazing. He's such a good singer. And I think his explanation for it was he's like it's easier to make money as the auto tune thing. He's like, wow, I just turned that into my bag, and he's like, it funded me to do you know what I really wanted to do. Wow, it's like I didn't know that. It's he's so good, man. So, I mean, like, I think that's one of those things where it's like, well, the music industry is really a piece of shit to make this guy who's got this incredible voice. Yeah. More or less force himself to use auto-tune because that's the novelty. Yeah. So he, he, he invents the persona of T-Pain and, oh. you know, he's kind of more of a DJ than the singer he should be because he's amazing. Which is hard, even especially as a musician being like, are we sacrificing like, the big bucks as artists because 100 percent, 100 percent. because like the uh um sorry but i mean you can you can uh what's the phrase you can play uh a hundred chords in front of three people or you can play three chords in front of three thousand people yeah so, wow that's true yeah you know what i mean it's just like uh it's you got to find your happy middle i mean like i think guns and roses did pretty good but even some guns and roses songs are pretty cookie cutter yeah. I mean, like a lot of, I mean, ACDC is awesome, but they I, can, did I, can, a lot I, can, I can talk all the mad shit I want, but five finger death punch is still playing stadiums. And I'm not. Yeah, that's true. 
that's true. That keeps me up at night sometimes. <laughs> Not even Five Fan Death Punch, even though, yeah. But there's a lot of bands that I'm like, how are they? How is this? Just like your standard, like, 98 rock, basically. Yeah. It's just ouch. And plus, like, 98 rock, like, kills good bands, too. Like, Avenged Sevenfold, in my opinion, was really good for a really long time. And then you got hail to the king. I hate it. Dude, I hated it so much. I hate it. This is their worst, definitively, definitively their worst album. Like we're coming mm. off of Nightmare, which I think was pretty good. I mean, like half of it's really sad because their best friend died. Yeah. Um, and he, you know, I think the Rev forced the members in that band to be good because the Rev was that good of a drummer. And like, it's one of those, like, yeah, you get a lazy drummer in a band, you will hear it and everybody else because it, it either limits your creativity or you have people that are really good that can get away with doing less. Yeah. And you listen to hail, you listen to anything before, um, yeah, let's go to, to city of evil. And then you go to the self-titled album and you listen to the solos and the rhythms that, uh, 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 Sinister Gates and um, uh, I can't remember the other guy's name. The two guitar players, the rhythms they're pulling off yeah. in there. And then you listen to Hail to the King and anything else on that album. Like, what? what is this shit? Yeah. Lazy. And you're better than that. And that's annoying because I know they are. Yeah. It's, it's bullshit. <laughs> so you got to get I, yourself a good drummer. It's like the, back, the heartbeat of a band. It's really important. Yeah. I mean, I... I'm kind of, I'm pretty against gimmicks and I feel like I, I'm hoping that it wouldn't, someone wouldn't fake blindness as a gimmick to get, to start up. You know what I mean? Yeah. Especially if they're already a prodigy. If you have the, if you're a prodigy and you have passion, that's all you need. I feel like if you're already a prodigy, so you're good, you start off with that skill. As long as you have the passion, you'll get experience. But if you have the passion, you can stay doing it and keep doing it for a long time. So I don't think that, at least I would hope, that you wouldn't fake being blind. Uh, I do want to start this weird little part off with the, uh, I prepared some videos. And uh, there's four videos in total. Um, each is just a testimonial of a famous person do you and know- their experience. You know, like when it started, like when people started accusing him of being able to still see, like there was a point where it was very popular to talk about it, but I don't know when all of it, all of the accusations started it. Would you say like, uh, maybe not specific number wise, but did it happen like when he was younger or like, did it happen like once he got to a point of being like, that superstardom. That oh, like, I think it was in the 2000s. Okay, so he was well under the stratosphere of being like stupid yeah. famous. Like kind of going back to the Elvis and the Dolly Parton thing where it's like I have, or Taylor Swift rather as well, where it's just you have, you can't fathom someone being that famous. Therefore, like just like weird things begin to form about them. You know, Elvis faked his own death. But I think arguably... Elvis is probably still more famous than a lot of people we've covered. Yeah. Um, just, and honestly, not a lot of people would get that opportunity to become that famous because he basically is kind of like the proto generator of rock and roll as a 
as a genre. Yeah, I mean, even not if if you're not familiar with his music, which most people are, you're yeah. still familiar with the name Elvis. Yeah, it's just like he got like this, like he was just on the ground floor of that, and there's not a whole lot of there's not really a whole lot of firsts left to be had. Um, I think in really a lot of things, but in music and you know in general, like you know a lot of things have already happened or have been invented, but um, yeah. Yeah, I it's, think Elvis is Elvis is always going to be in like a weird spot. The one I think the people who got the closest were the Beatles. In terms of being, well, no, Michael Jackson would get close. They're all in that same circle, but I think Elvis is still more famous. Yeah, but I mean, I don't. Know, Stevie Wonder is pretty up there. No, he is up there, but they that like the Beatles, Michael Jackson, Elvis line is even just slightly beyond that. Yeah, where it's almost like creepy famous. Yeah. You know what I mean? If that, Where, make, if that makes any sense. It really is just. Stevie um, Wonder is like incredibly famous more so, but him well, and like Taylor Swift might occupy the same level. And then like the, uh, those three I mentioned before, just slightly beyond them. Well, I think it's also just like there's being famous as a person, but then there's being like, you're more than a person at that point. That's it's like point. you're a legend. You know, it's the, the history of Elvis. And what his name means. It's more than just Elvis as a person. It's his name. Is oh, so you're more saying popular. Like him being Elvis is almost more famous than his music? Oh, yeah, for sure. I agree with that. I agree with that. His stature, what he's done to the music industry. Like, it's, yeah, okay. So yeah. That's some, it's less about the artistry and more just about his achievements. And kind of, yeah. Okay. Yeah, I, can, I can get by Which, that. I mean, too. I mean, I love his music, but I, I, I buy that. Like, Stevie, Stevie Wonder gave us a holiday. So I, He's up there. <laughs> well, he fought, I would, I would, I would, he, still, yeah, I would he still, fought for it. I would still credit he, that to Martin Luther. <laughs> it is Martin Luther King's birthday. I was still giving to him, but thank yeah. you, Stevie, for fighting for, for making it. it, for pushing it to be a holiday as it should be. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so this first video is of, of Shaq okay. and uh, you can play the full video tie. Uh, All right. It is just Shaq on, I believe, Conan. Uh, looks like him. Okay. Yes. I think is just an experience that Shaq has had. I think Kimmel's like the third worst talk show. Yeah. Worst, in my opinion. One of my favorite. Uh, one of my favorites, Conan. Conan's up my there. favorite. Um, yeah. No one will beat Craig Ferguson. Oh yeah. Craig Ferguson was legendary. One hundred percent. Yeah. All right. So let's play. Okay, we're playing this clip from Shaq on. Uh, uh, did I say Kimmel? Uh, ah, whatever, whatever. On a talk There's show. There's no way this Don't is true. Do it. There's no way this is true. <laughs> go ahead. I know what you're going to ask me. Oh, you Jimmy Fallon. Fallon, there you go. Uh, listen. What are, you, what are you talking about? What are you talking listen, about? That's I'm the saying, craziest thing ever. I'm saying we lived in a building together on Wilshire Boulevard. Talk to me. Wait, all right. Wait, okay. You lived in a I'm building with Stevie. With Stevie, okay? Right. You used to have to drive to the bottom. Mm -hmm. Underneath to park your car. Which uh -huh. is so deep. I'm yeah. coming through the first floor that day. Mm -hmm. It goes down because when I got in, I didn't press the button. So it went down first. Stevie got in. I'm standing in the corner. I didn't say nothing. And he looked over and he's like, What up, Big Diesel? And he turned his head, <laughs> hit his button, and got off. <laughs> I mean, I, let, Come on. I, I'm telling you what happened. I don't know if I was smelling from practice that day, but he just turned around. What's up, Diesel? Hit his button. Yeah. So, okay. Yes. 
So that's the first instance. And, uh, I mean, I wish I, does this say a, a one that was uploaded on YouTube? Uh, let me, let me look. Uh, this isn't the official page. Though. Okay. Yeah. This says two years, but I think it might be over. I'll look into that. Uh, it looks most of it was that I found was like from 2016, like, you know, is when some of them came out. It's, it's a little spread, but some, some big, big folk, big names came about, uh, yeah, like literal giant people. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, next is Lionel Richie. Oh, I love, uh, I love Lionel Richie. It still says about two years ago. Yeah. Whenever that interview was, which, uh, yeah, Shaq, uh, Shaq, you could, I don't know if it's just to play it off as a, it's just good story and a joke, but that think, is pretty I, weird. It is pretty weird. But I think it might've been more of like a, I think it might've been more of a joke because like this, the, I mean, we can't really fathom it because we, we can see, but like the, the things blind people are able to achieve. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's, they, they basically get to a point where it's just like, they, it, they don't, it's no longer like a, well, we would see it as like a hindrance, but like I, they get to it. Like, Imagine like also living with it that long where it's mm. like, it could like, could he ever see Stevie, Could he ever, Stevie wonder ever like, I can't spoil the finale. Okay. That's the finale. Okay. I do have, I will let you know that I do have the truth. Okay. Okay. Um, so I'm just assuming since this is say childhood, cause I don't know. Yeah. Um, and people that were like born with it, uh, just, I mean, it's almost like they never needed it in the first place. Yeah. Cause I'm at like, cause, uh, because your other senses, I mean, he already kind of said it. Maybe he smelled them, which would be kind of like, it might be different to us. But I mean, it's just, you know, your yeah. other senses become so much better. And I mean, in an elevator, I think I could sense if you took my you sight right now, sense an I could foot sense foot. a shack in the elevator with probably. me. Probably. Probably. There's not a lot of, especially if he knew that Shaq already lived there and yeah there's no one else that big in this whole apartment complex yeah because there's tall and then there's big shack is well like i noticed that the elevator was one inch lower than what it was supposed to be when i stepped on a literal mountain of human being has stepped on this elevator with me um so do we go on to the second clip yes yes lionel richie also fantastic starts at 150 oh starts at 150 yes Let me tell you about Stevie. Yeah. I have to tell you tell about Stevie. Tell me something about Stevie. I will Stevie. tell you about Stevie. Because I've met him a couple times, and he's very this is funny. Kimmel. He's right? a yes. practical Who I think is one of the no worst. No one knows it yes. well. You know because you've been around him. So what he did for me one night was he, I go over to his house, and he says, I got a record I want you to hear. He pulls a cassette out. Cassette. For all the you don't know. A cassette. There's a, forget about it. Yeah. So anyway. Al, I yeah. felt so he that. Yeah. He says, come go with me in the car. He goes out to the car. And he goes on the driver's side. <laughs> and and, and I, he said, get it on the passenger side. I get on the passenger side. And then he puts the cassette in. He cranks the car up and he goes, and he puts it in reverse and starts down the driveway. He's going down the driveway. I said, Stevie. He goes, I got you. You can pause it here. Actually, I think there's. He scared me. <laughs> and his opening line to me every time he sees me is, 
Lionel, good to see you. <laughs> okay, yeah, right there. Fantastic. Now, I think he's got a terrific sense of humor. <laughs> when I got to this point, that's what I started believing. Because, man, boy, howdy, that is... I'm hoping that if I still had my sense of humor and I was blind, that I would do something like that. Of course. I would. Oh, man. If you get a chance to mess with somebody on a, in a, in a harmless way, just go ahead. Like in a harmless way, just uh, it's so it's I would so do this Keeps if I was in his shoes. Yeah. What <laughs> <laughs> do you guys think from Lionel Richie's perspective? That's got to be terrifying. <laughs> Well, yeah, because you don't want to be rude. It's like your uh, your common courtesies and stuff. You're like, well, I don't want to be rude to this person. Well, this well, is his car. It is okay, technically I'll, his car. So. I'll get it. At, at what point does your does your uh, survival instinct <laughs> trump, trump your how, how good of a person you your, are? <laughs> your survival instinct trump over your common courtesies. Just well, he is. Well, he is putting the key in the car. Maybe we'll just turn on the air conditioning. He is putting his foot on the brake pedal. Okay, it is stopped. He is going for the shifter. I want to live. <laughs> and what you couldn't see, uh, you couldn't see in the video that was Ty was watching is uh, when he was describing that he uh, described uh, uh, Stevie Wonder as putting his arm on the back of the seat oh, yeah. to look behind him. <laughs> to back out of the driveway. <laughs> to, like a normal person would do when they're backing out of a driveway. Oh, man. <laughs> Awesome. I would, I would have to, you'd have to have a great sense of humor. Now, uh, there's a, the third video we're going to play and then I'll get to the, some facts before we play the last one. Okay. This next one is Steve Harvey and it starts at 36 seconds. Steve Harvey's great. I love Steve Harvey. This is already censored for us. Oh yeah. Yes. He came up to the radio station when I was on the beat out here. Steve was supposed to be performing live or, or doing keyboards, and he was late. And I had just bought this brand new truck called, called a Lincoln Wood a long time ago. This is a black truck that Lincoln Mercury made with black wood on the side. I thought it was real slick. I just wanted one. <laughs> so I parked it downstairs. My bodyguard come He's upstairs. such a good storyteller. He said, he Mr. Harvey, are they trying to move some pipes downstairs? Your truck is in the way. Give me your keys. So I gave him the keys. So I ain't think nothing of it. I'm on the radio. I get a phone call. It's Stevie Wonder. I say, yo, Stevie, where you at, man? You supposed to be here. Now, I'm on 19th floor on Wilshire doing my radio show. I say, Stevie, where you at? He said, I'm here, man. I'm just pulling up. I said, mom, you can't drive. <laughs> he said, oh, yes, I can. Look out the window. This mother was in my new truck <laughs> with the windows down and it was moving real slow and the mother was waving. <laughs> now, as a prankster, if you're already a prankster and that's your personality, imagine being having the notoriety of Stevie Wonder <laughs> as a prankster already. I don't, I don't know. A lot of people are using that as uh, proof as well, but that just see, yeah, I would so. Do I that. just think I it's would so, so funny. do that. Stevie Wonder is just in on the joke. Like, there's nothing funnier than imagining Stevie Wonder as a driver. 
Oh, that's so good. Now, <laughs> thank, God we happened, get, thank God it happened to like Steve, uh, Steve Harvey, because like we said before, he's yeah. such a good storyteller. Exactly. There's so many people that could have happened to that it would be not as entertaining to hear from him. You know what I mean? Yes. Like one of them. Uh, believe me, there's a lot more instances. Okay. These are just the most noticeable, noticeable one ones. that wasn't as the reason I didn't include it in the video list is because he's not that great of a storyteller, but that's Elton John. Elton John. <laughs> yeah. Uh, apparently Elton John, uh, let Stevie wonder drive one of his snowmobiles. Oh yeah. I don't know how it turned out. He didn't elaborate on it at all, Okay, but it is a little small clip that is included in these compilation of examples and of just undisputable facts of why Stevie wonder can see. Oh, there's like conspiracy mashup videos. Exactly. There was a lot of those. And a lot of them are, some of them are just like that, where it's, it just seems like a, he's in on the joke. There are some that are questionable. Like, uh, how Stevie Wonder wears a watch. Well, they have like blind people watches. This isn't one of them. Oh, it's not? No. I mean, someone, a couple of people got some pretty good close-up pictures of these watches. It's not the clip-out kind that's got the, the face, the, the dots on it? No, it just looks like a Rolex. Like, <laughs> some of it's just... <laughs> which... Maybe it's more, maybe it's to mess with people. Mess with people and just look fly. Like, he doesn't have to, I don't think he would have to see to know and, like, trust someone else being like, hey, this is what you're going to wear today to really look good. You know what I mean? I feel like especially if you're, if you, let's say he was blind since birth, let's say that for now. Yeah. Uh, and you were blind since birth. Yeah. You, you're trusting people all the time to, yeah. you know, in to some, dress in you in. Yeah. In, in for just to look good so you don't look like a bum all the time, especially if you get famous at 13. Right. I mean, famous, famous at 13. So he's probably already used to that and could think it's a great joke. Uh, I really wish Elton John would have elaborated more on uh, letting Stevie Wonder drive his snowmobile. Um, Stevie Wonder also said in an uh, interview, how he's flown two planes before. Well, he says one and then he corrects himself to two and said that he landed one of those, which there's no other information on that. Besides <laughs> <laughs> there's just nothing on that. Besides the actual video interview of Stevie wonder saying that to a, a newscast, like, I don't know. <laughs> Maybe he did. I mean, he certainly has the money to try. Of all people, of all blind people that known to the world publicly are blind, that we know of, of all people like that, if Stevie Wonder says, hey, can I fly your plane? I'd let him. <laughs> well, less chance you're going to hit things once you're up in the air. Oh, yeah. A good 10,000 feet up, you're not going to hit anything. Well, it depends if he wants to do a barrel roll or not. I mean, you could always put him in the second seat and, you know, take over if things go awry. But, oh, yeah, I'd let him fly that plane for a hot second. 
you know, just to say you get driven around by Stevie wonder. Yeah. Of all people who could be able to do that of all blind people who could get you to let them fly your airplane. It would be cooler than Ronnie. I, would be cooler than Ronnie Millsap. <laughs> yeah, there's not a lot of other people that I could imagine. He's got to live up to that Wonder last name, dude. So yeah. maybe he's just got to keep pushing he just the adds, envelope. Adds things to the list of things that a blind person has done that shouldn't. He should just, just like it becomes like a new Vice TV series. It's just like a Stevie Wonder. Uh, Stevie Wonder does, and it's like NASCAR. Or maybe it was really easy for him because he could see and he took some YouTube classes. Um, (laughs) The mystery continues. He did. uh, There is a photo of Stevie Wonder and Michael Jackson together uh, where Stevie Wonder is taking a photo of Michael Jackson (laughs) with a handheld camera that he is holding up to his face. (laughs) Now, how would he know where to hold it? Is where what a lot of people were asking. How would he know what it looks like to take a picture of something? You know, how would he know where to put the camera up to your face? As he held it right up to his eye, if he didn't have shades in the way. But yeah, there is that photo of Stevie well, he knows Wonder where his eyes are <laughs> taking a picture of Michael Jackson. But I mean, he's going to point it to where the sound is, but I mean, he know, you know, your eyes are, it's not, yeah. The camera is pretty intuitive, but um, also there was a commercial uh, for a camera company where Stevie wonder is like the slogan was like, so simple. Stevie wonder can use it Whoa. where he is in it Whoa. <laughs> yeah, like a Nikon, like camera where he's taking picture. And so someone already directed him on how to hold a camera. Yeah. Super rude. Yeah, but I really just think he does have a great sense of humor because he was also in another commercial. Okay, yeah, okay. Where uh, it was a car commercial, and I can't remember from the video what car it was, but a red car drives past, and Stevie Wonder punches someone on the shoulder and goes, red one, called it. (laughs) That guy just looks over at Stevie Wonder going, how did you know that? <laughs> Which great sense of humor. I am doing all this research definitely helped me love Stevie wonder just a little bit more. Yeah, I know. It sounds like he's just a really, really funny guy. Yes, definitely. He also uh, sat courtside at a basketball game. Which. I can see that. I mean, yeah, I don't know what's there's going on. a lot of sounds. These are, I they just made a list of like everything that someone and anyone included in their videos. Well, it's not like he's not supposed to live. Yeah, exactly. He he's Stevie Wonder. He, he can, can get onto a basketball game if he wants to. Yeah. He can go play the basketball if he wants to. He can enjoy overpriced shitty nachos like the rest of us. Exactly. Stadium grade cheese. There is one, one fact on here that's a little suspicious even for me it even made you made you wonder a little bit yeah made me stevie wonder just a little bit ow Ow. (laughs) that that hurt me and that is that there was a concert where you know a, a lineup of amazing talented artists were singing and i believe it was john lennon or maybe paul no it wasn't paul mccartney i think it was john lennon 
runs and passing Stevie Wonder hits his head just barely on a mic. One of the mics that is pointing towards this lineup of amazing artists. Is it like we are the world or something like that? Yes. Okay. And the mic as, as he hits it with his head and to go play the piano, the mic starts falling and there is on video of Stevie wonder reaching his hand out to catch the microphone. Now That's pretty crazy. Yeah. Now, whether it's, he just heard his head hit the microphone and that sound that came through the monitors, or maybe he already knew there was a microphone there. If it was, Someone, cl- I mean, it was close enough for him to reach out and get it. I'm sure his sensory awareness, like is, Oh yeah. Good enough to do that. Sure. But, Oh, that, that one got me a little bit. I imagine seeing that would be weird. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Seeing just, yeah, I think it was, no, it was Paul McCartney walking past and getting hit in the head with the microphone and the microphone stand, like beginning to fall and Stevie wonder just reaching his hand out. Now I did hear from an actual blind person, uh, you know, reviewing and reacting to these videos and all of this and getting their take on it. Yeah. Is that something uh, that blind people apparently just do is if you pass in front of them like that, they're usually able to stick their hand out, like to feel you go past to know that you're not still in front of them. And you know, you walk by and everything is okay. But so he may have been doing that and just accidentally happened to catch a microphone stand as it was falling. I think it's some daredevil shit. Nah, I think he knew it was falling and he caught yeah. it. There's some he, echolocation. He just, you know, there's some singing, singing in the room that just everything's like bouncing off of it, looking white. And he just, sees it in his sonar vision. Yeah, exactly. Nah, I, I, I 100% think he could like, if you threw like a, like a, a tennis ball or something at him, I imagine you could catch it. I don't know if you'd catch it. I definitely think he would go to catch it. Or he would know something's coming from it yeah. at the very least. Yeah, exactly. He would put his hand up in the direction. I don't know if it might just hit his wrist or, you know, elbow or something, but I think that. I think at the very would. least he gets out of the way. Like yeah. I, I think there's just, like, there's just your other, your other senses coming into play, working together. And then just like, there's some spatial awareness stuff. That which is pretty un- uncanny. Like, which I'm very glad that all of this conspiracy didn't bring up cases where people are just throwing things at Stevie wonder. You know what I mean? Like you can see, I believe it. And just tossing stuff at him. I'm very glad that it didn't go that far. Um, oh, yeah, cause yeah. that would just be horrible. I didn't read well, any would, cases about that. One of the things, reasons they might not have is because how bad does that look on the, like, unless mm. you've got rock solid proof, how bad does it look? For you to be picking on a blind person. Yeah. The optics of that are horrid. Yeah. And even like if you like. You can't even see it. Like you don't even win. I think if you win. Yeah. Because like it's not like. It's not like Stevie Wonder being blind. Harms anyone. Uh, yeah, it doesn't hurt anyone. And it doesn't. Like we said earlier. It doesn't affect the fact. That he's still incredible at what he does. Yeah. So, Still and it's making, musician. and it's making music. It's not being like yeah. a politician or somehow his blindness, like, uh, you know, it's, it would be, it would be disappointing for like other blind people he's inspired, 
yeah. uh, to pursue music and like not let, you know, to not even just music to overcome certain boundaries. Um, that would affect for sure. But those would be the people that would be damaged the most. And then even if like, like let's say you even were able to prove it, definitively prove it. Mm-hmm. Um, you still look bad. Cause it's like, you made us kind of not like Stevie wonder for a second. Yeah. Like Stevie wonder didn't do anything wrong. It's bad. It's bad, but not yeah. evil, you know? Yeah. It would be kind of a dick move at worst. Mm. You know, it's, and again, and it mainly goes back to um, kind of messing with people that you might have inspired for one reason or another, you know? Exactly. It's letting them down, I think, would be the biggest crime. Yeah. Yeah, I don't, I don't see it being, even if, if this thing is all just a sham, it's not the biggest, like, there's not a huge victory for the deal. people that like, yeah. find you like, like, ha It's like, nah, you don't win. <laughs> yeah. was, it's not worth it. It's not worth, it's not worth it's what? It's not worth knowing. It's not worth knowing. Perfect. Yeah. Yeah. Just listen to his good music. Which, going from that, we can go ahead and play the, the fourth and final video installment. All right. Um, which is just my favorite tale. Uh, Anthony uh, Anderson. Anthony Anderson on uh, 310. Oh, we go to 310. He's just, he's a good storyteller too. Oh, he, and he's a comedian. He is good. Uh, I just don't really, I like, I liked Colbert when he was the Colbert rapport. Mm. I think, I think he was, again, I, I think he was a bad pick for uh, being a late night host. Yeah. Of like the late, is it the late, late show or the late show? I don't even remember. Yeah, who cares? I don't really watch I, it. I just don't, I don't think he's good as a, he's good as a character. I don't think he's got a personality on his own to. Yeah. He's no Ferguson. Neither <laughs> is James Corden. I'm going to, yeah. I think actually, I think James Corden's the second worst and Jimmy Kimmel's the actual worst. Cause some yeah. of James, some of Corden stuff's entertaining, but I don't like him because he replaced, he was chosen to replace Ferguson. Mm. And I think he's just like, Jimmy Fallon's annoying in that he's like, well, everything you're doing is the best thing ever. And he's like, I knew he was full of shit when he was talking about uh, Twin Peaks, the return. Oh, I mean, I've always thought he was kind of full of shit, but like when Twin Peaks, the return came out, he's like, well, I watched it. It was great. It was amazing. I loved it. I was like, shut up. No, it wasn't. (laughs) It was bullshit. Stephen Lynch is making fun of you for if you watch it, there's a whole theory about, it's about Stephen Lynch calling out, sorry, David Lynch, sorry, David Lynch, not Stephen yeah. Lynch. Uh, Stephen Lynch is the musician. David Lynch is the director. David Lynch basically oh. calling out his audience for wanting solid answers to questions. Wow. There's a whole great theory about it. And I believe it after watching it, like there's a whole like visual metaphors and stuff. There's literally an episode where it got like, like a quarter of the episode is this dude literally sweeping up a bar. It's like, okay, you waited like 20 years to bring the show back and now you're making fun of us. <laughs> I used to really like David Lynch. <laughs> Fuck that guy. <laughs> Nobody likes the return. It's not good. It's, it's wow. a waste of time. Don't watch it. <laughs> it doesn't make any sense. I could have a whole separate podcast about how much that was bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> Not just a separate episode, a whole, whole other podcast. Dedicated podcast to trashing David Lynch <laughs> and Five Finger Death Punch. 
You know, let's call it by the what you usually call it by. That five finger fruit punch or yeah. something like that. Five flavor fruit punch. Dude. Duh. <laughs> anyway, sorry. But yes. Jimmy Fallon's full of shit. Anthony James Anderson Gordon's is actually pretty good at telling stories. And he, but Anderson's funny, yeah. The whole video is really funny, but for this, let's just keep it to the uh, uh, marker at 310. 310. His best quote from one of his movies is a uh, scary movie. Three? I think so. Three or four he's in. And he's the best line. He racks a shovel like a shotgun and a shell pops out. He's like, I discovered the weakness. They're powerless without their heads. <laughs> Sorry, that was one of the greatest lines. Anyway, all right. Anthony Anderson talking yes. about Stevie yes. Wonder on uh, Colbert. Another great icon, or the late not show. to a fight, but to a contest. And I want to make sure I have this right, because I'm going to give you an opportunity to dispel a rumor here. Okay. Did you challenge Stevie Wonder to a basketball game? I did. Okay, see, okay, what y'all don't know? You were going to dunk on Stevie? Yeah, turn it what up a little bit. Know, Stevie right. can see. Stevie can see. It's just an act. He can see. Stevie can see. <laughs> Stevie flew me to uh, Tobago one go. time for uh, a, a jazz festival that he was uh, producing. And I'm on stage with Chris Tucker and Johnny Gill. Chris Tucker and I are Johnny Gill's background dancers. Stevie <laughs> walks on stage, walks to me, looks me dead in my eye and says, Anthony, get me to a piano. I was like, Stevie, well, hell, if you just walked to me, you could have walked to the piano. <laughs> he caught himself. He caught himself and had to play it off. And so I took him to the piano, and he played. But yes, I did challenge him to a game of one-on-one -on -one basketball for a charity event that he does for his son and uh, for any city youth. Uh, he then he said, you know what, Anthony, I don't want to embarrass you one-on-one, -on -one, so let's just do it free throws. <laughs> and uh, he won. <laughs> he won. He won. He, honest, he won. Okay. Stevie so, won to one. So it's a long con. <laughs> yes. I'm telling you, have him on the show. Put stuff in his way. I bet you he step over it. <laughs> <laughs> Put stuff in his All way. Right. That's so messed be up. Stevie. <laughs> Stevie. Come He's here. moving a chair. Stevie going to do this. Stevie going to be. <laughs> <laughs> Acting like Stevie Wonder stepping over the chair. I'm telling you Getting Stevie to his seat. Please join us. Please, Stevie, please. Join us. <laughs> that's, that's about it. But <laughs> That's awesome. Oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> I can't tell you how much I've rewatched that video. He is a good storyteller. Does yeah. he have stand up? I don't know if Anderson has stand up or not. Ah, I I would I would honestly give it a shot. I check it out because like I, I know of his movies. I haven't seen. I have to look up if he's got stand up. But <laughs> put stuff in his way. <laughs> Which I mean, as as funny as the story that is, it is also very uh, you know uh, you can explain it away. As, yeah, I haven't seen Stephen Wonder really walk around with a stick, but he usually is being led by someone or just like, hey, 40 feet this way, walk straight. Or maybe it's a public image thing. Like maybe when he's in private, he has like his walking yeah. stick. And then uh, when he's just live, I mean, I imagine that would just be easier, to be honest. Like if uh, let's let's just say you're at like a red carpet event or something like, you know. Grammys. Let's say Grammys. Yeah. Uh, he's going to go get his 26th Grammy. And uh, yeah, such a cartoonishly high number, but I believe it. Um, You know, he's walking to go get his, you know, there's the path to get there. You know, maybe it's like a funky route. 
you know, all these like curves and stuff. And I imagine it's just easier to have somebody help you out. Oh yeah. You know, and it doesn't, and it just, it's, it's quicker. Cause I'm at, you know, not that it would take him a long time to like get from point A to point B on his own, let's say with a stick. Yeah. But, um, usually those things have like stairs and stuff. Um, so I, I think it would, and they have to be, it's more about like, they have to be on and off stage. I get like what? 10 seconds, 15 seconds to like, I want to thank my mom, you know, of everyone to the, give some the extra dark time. Lords and forces at bay, you know, all the sacrifices and literal sacrifices I've made <laughs> to my Bielsa buddy. Um, but of all the people to give some extra time, but I don't, it's just, they don't have the time to give. It's yeah. not like a mean thing. It's just when you have like these award shows as a person who has a little bit of tiny experience with live TV, you don't got it. Yeah. You have like, you have 15 seconds before we play the get off the stage music. Yeah. Please take your award and please go back to your seat. So I imagine it's just faster to have that guide with them just to be like, you know, Hey, step, yeah. step, 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 get on stage. And then it's probably just faster. And I mean, optics wise, maybe he just likes that better than having a, a walking stick. Yeah, definitely. I don't right. think there's, there's nothing wrong with it, but yeah, there's probably a couple. There's number so of I mean, even still, yeah, I, I, I can see him going on that show. And if you do put something in his way, he'd probably step over or go around it. Something I, like that. He might do a little bump first, you know, a little touch with the toe. Well, yeah, I just, I honestly think that, uh, the other senses basically just won't let him fall over. You know, I think it just, yeah. After so long, he's, he's been, he's been blind longer than he can see. Well, uh, allegedly, according allegedly. To, to the myth here. But so I imagine just, it's, you know, just getting around obstacles, second nature at this point. And now to get to the truth, the truth. Is it, is it this one? No. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, no. That works too. That works too. Let's just try to get it. And to get to the truth. <laughs> the truth. <laughs> That's actually fitting. The truth is that he is blind. Oh, surprise? Yeah. Uh, I don't know if you're wanting him to be, uh, I mean, uh, everyone wants someone who's blind to be able to actually see, but right. Yeah. The truth, sad matter of the fact is he is truly blind. Um, he did attend the sad news and the good news, I suppose. Yeah. Which I still think that even if he turns out he was conning us this whole time, I don't even perceive that as bad news, but, uh, he did attend Michigan school for the blind and uh, Stevie wonder was actually born six weeks prematurely. Oh, wow. And had to be kept in an incubator. And the rumor has it is that it's actually the account of the high oxygen levels in the incubator that ended up giving a con- him a condition known as retinopathy of prematurity or ROP. Okay. And which occurs when the growth stop of your eyes stops and the retinas actually get detached and cause blindness. Oh no. Yeah. And so, uh, yeah, it's very much is actually blind. <laughs> oh, wow. Uh, from basically since birth. 
basically, you know. I mean, even even if he could see as a baby, it was deteriorating it, rapidly. Exactly. Um, wow. Which, and one of the biggest uh, things with that is there's actually a, uh, you know, school records and hospital records aside, there was at the 1989 Rock and Roll Hall of Fame acceptance speech is actually a pretty popular speech because uh, Stevie Wonder, throughout his speech, she actually starts it with, uh, you know, hey, stop those cameras. Just close your eyes for a second. Put yourself in my shoes. Oh, wow. And he actually takes off his glasses. And the whole thing is filmed. And you, it's a, it's a heartwarming speech. I would do yourself a favor. And uh, if you want to feel better about the world a little bit, maybe uh, give that a listen. But the whole thing is filmed. And it's, it's pretty obvious. I haven't really seen him without his glasses on before. And it is pretty clear. He is, he is blind. Is that kind of like a faded kind of look? Yeah. And not really having a direction that they point. You know what I mean? Yeah. Just kind of they're there, but they're not working. Wow. No. But that pretty much wraps up to end on a, uh, a harsh brutality of the truth. Uh, that, uh, that kind of wraps up this factual and uh, mysterious and just all twists and turns part of an episode. <laughs> Man, I, I I mean, it's a bummer, but now I guess we can confirm the the incredible things that a, a person can overcome, honestly. Like, yes. I, I mean, it's, I suppose it's sad, uh, no matter what way you cut it, the fact that he can't see, but I guess it's better to have not been able to do it and like not be able to see in the first place. And then, yeah. So now, because so he doesn't kind of know what, he doesn't really know what like he, I don't want to say what is what he's missing. Like, well, it's, yeah, that's always been the argument. It's like, uh, do you, would you, the whole like, is it better to be blind since birth or to lose your sight, you know, well into your like teens or twenties? And I, I actually think it was actually a this video I was watching that was a blind person talking about, I think I would rather have lost it. That way I have the image uh, of loved ones and stuff like that actually still in my head instead of just guessing what they look like all the time. But you know I, what I mean, but that is to have something, but yeah, but that is, it's still kind of going back to comparing, um, I don't know how to say it. It's like a frame of reference from, from having a frame of reference of something from a, a sense that you've lost. So for example, yeah. like if you were born blind, you just learned to quote unquote, see your family in different ways. Like, mm. you know, yeah. Yeah. Mom, you know, mom's face feels this way. Dad's face feels that way. Like different people have different smells. Like, Oh, it's that clone. That must be my brother. Um, yeah. You know, the laundry detergent on my sister's sweater smells that way. And so you can tell in uh, Stevie Wonder's 1989 Rock and Roll Hall of Fame acceptance speech that he really does hear music differently. Oh, it's, just, it's yeah. I can only imagine like the perspective he must have on like, because we, when we think of like, you know, we have, we, our understanding of like music will be like notes. Yeah. You know, I know a, 
I know what an A2 or A3 sounds like. Yeah. He probably understands it down to like the literal frequencies that make up an A2. You know what I mean? Yeah. All the, the, uh, that, we hear that one note. He's hearing that group of notes. He's hearing that the make up that note. Well, the group of frequencies that yeah. make up the note, all the individual yeah. ingredients that equal a note in the end, all the uh, sympathetic harmonies. And, uh, but it's more than just music. Like he was talking about the sound. I really like the way you worded it. It was basically like seeing through your ears. Right. And about you just like hearing someone's voice is how he sees them. Right. And it's just very, yeah, very wholesome speech that he gave about just wanting to make the world a better place through music. I have to look that up. It sounds like a really powerful speech. And man, you can tell he's still, he's still trying. And since 1989, he still did a lot more after that. He was still releasing albums and records and yeah. Is he he retiring or is he still going? I'm not sure if he's retired yet or not. I know the. It's either him or Elton John. It might be Elton John. That's uh, they're not really like touring anymore. Which I mean, Elton John's body work is pretty incredible too. So like. I wouldn't be surprised if he's kind of decided, damn, the touring thing's not so much for me, but I would still like, I mean, being greedy as a fan would still like them to produce albums still. Uh, but I could see like the, the wear and tear of like touring being kind of rough. Cause I know Elton John's got like a, you know, he's, he's got uh, like his partner and their kids. You know, I mean, he wants to be with them more. As far as uh, this article was 2021. That says that last October, after nearly 60 years of Motown Records, the first one that he signed on when he was 13. Yeah. Uh, or no, 11, sorry. Um, the 71-year-old is announcing that he would be partnering with Republic Records through his own imprint. So, he's I mean, still going. He's Dude, still doing it. Still new record deals. Still out there, still, still making the donuts, as they say. Man, I can't, so like he had, a he got signed at 11, something a fully grown people dream of. And then he had a chart topper at 13. At 13. So that's, that's uh, kind of going, uh, not really comparing, comparing the two, but like, you know, just seeing, just seeing raw talent that young, like Taylor Swift, yeah. like there's a reason Taylor Swift's that famous. There's a reason Justin Bieber's that famous. Love him, hate him. He has Justin Bieber, for example. Yeah. Don't want to admit it, but I mean, he has something, a natural talent that that allowed him to be scouted out. And then Stevie Wonder, even so much younger. Like, I wonder, I wonder if nowadays, like they would let like an 11 year old become that famous. Like, do you think modern day laws would like, like hold him back? Or do you think that, uh, because Taylor Swift was like, was like 15, 16, something like that. I don't know if if he did. If someone today. His child labor law is a little loosey-goosey. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if someone in today's, uh, you know, the music industry of today, if at 21 they could re-sign getting 100% artistic freedom like he did. Oh, no. That's, that's a thing of the past. You, yeah, no, you, that's, you can't get signed and have artistic freedom. You either have artistic freedom or no. get signed. 
Yeah, and a hundred percent because there is still yeah. like even if like uh, there's things all the time like in the music industry that I, I hear about. Um, I I think Jared Leto was a little whiny about it, but Thirty Seconds to Mars did a thing about like uh, the album, yeah, like records and stuff, and they had a lot of good points. It's just he was a little heavy handed with some of it. Yeah, um, they had brought up a lot of good points though, of like you're still like the the antiquated CD release system, like you know, no one's really buying CDs anymore. It's like streaming or vinyl for the novelty of vinyl. Yeah. And collecting vinyl is more like collecting an art piece, for example. Like today mm. I today uh I just got uh Mastodon's like uh like their bonus kind of features album. Oh nice. Yeah. It's like it's a pretty cool album. It's I got like a, I think it's got a single on it and then a bunch of like extras. But okay. I kind of got it because it's a cool looking vinyl. I think it's pink and oh. the album artwork is dope. Okay. Uh, I mean, I'm going to listen to it. I'm not going to not listen to it, but if I want to hear that, like I'm not, I mean, I'm going to, I'm going to put it on my Spotify, my car or something. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's, it's just being real with yourself. Like you're collecting it cause it's, you, know, you can be honest. It's like collecting art. Yeah. yeah, it is. But, uh, their whole thing was that like with CDs and stuff as streaming became more popular, um, they, part of their fee that they would get paid or part of the, what they were financially responsible for was all those to ship all those CDs and then they would have to pay for the damaged ones, you know, and all this other stuff. Like there's a whole bunch of like little things that dip into your money. And it's like, by the time you get to where you finally get that, like net profit, it's so much lower than it should be because of people like kind of scraping at it before it reaches you. Wow. So to have, to, to get the deal like that, what he had was just, um, I can't, I can, the only way I can really picture it is just someone like a really, really naive entertainment lawyer. Yeah. Sitting across the table from what well, he was like 13. Yeah. Uh, yeah. No, no. When he, re, when he re. Oh, re-signed at 21. Re-signed at 21. Yeah. Oh, well he'd already been in the business for that many years. So I imagine Stevie Wonder and then maybe like his uh, team or like his lawyer was probably like, oh no. Like this is how this is going to work. Yeah. I believe it wasn't soon it wasn't far after that he released the song uh superstition so it was like that era of stevie wonder imagine being super pissed imagine being the record label where it's just like yeah you yeah, can have 100 exactly. percent of your blah 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 and then you release like superstition and it's just him like giving you the bird cha-ching, all the way to the bank and it's like you can't get none of this dun, 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 yeah dun. yeah it's like right yeah ahead. and the fact that yeah if he just switched from Motown records after nearly 60 years. So yeah, he was 71. He's 72 now after 60 years of being with that same record company. That's dedication. You almost can't be mad. The fact that he's trying somewhere else. Yeah. You really can't. But I mean, also if he has freedom like that, he probably just got more and more freedom as he got older. Probably. I don't think they were trying to stuff him into a, a new, Worst contract. <laughs> At 13, he's got a chart topper. Let's just leave him alone and see where he goes. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. 25 Grammys later. Let's see. Not bad. Let's just keep this going. <laughs> we have a hands-off approach here at the record. <laughs> <laughs> That's our hands-off client. Half the building's actually dedicated to Stevie Wonder just making this company money. Yeah. God. <laughs> that is so much success. That is that's awesome. 
and not just the music too. Like that, that blew my mind when I figure out he he petitioned and really put the steps forward to get that uh, Martin Luther King's birthday a holiday made. Yeah, that's really cool. It's yeah. cool when it's, I there's there's kind of a line where I sometime I mean like Bono. It's, yeah. it's cool. There's he's done some cool things. But then I think him getting kind of preachy and some of it kind of kind of takes away from actually some of the good that he's doing. Yeah. So it's like, okay, man, you're there's a point where it's like when you use your influence and maybe just like your I guess it would be just your influence to like do good things right up into the point where you start getting preachy and then you turn into, okay, you're an artist. Shut up. Mm -hmm. It's a very, very fine, very fine line to cross there. Yeah. You gotta be really careful. Yeah. But I, um, man, yeah, there's still a lot of good that can be done. And I, I very much am one of those people that if I got the spotlight deck that I hope I would try and do something with it instead of just having it. Right. I think, you know, I think there's something to be said with that too. Cause it's, yeah, there's a lot of good you could do. Especially. Of all the people that are famous that could be doing something and aren't yeah. doing anything, you yeah. know, these speak up a little bit. Yeah. A little bit. Maybe. A little bit. Maybe. You don't have to, I mean, you don't have to save the world by yourself, but probably should put in some community service hours somewhere. Yes, definitely. A foundation or two. Now, now that we're at the end of the episode. Yes. Um, some things that we teased in the, that I teased in the very beginning. One of them being a, uh, a bad review that we got on uh, what was it, Apple podcast. It was Apple podcast. So now I am all for like, tell us your honest opinion. Maybe yeah, please. Yeah. Maybe do five stars anyway. And just tell us your honest opinion afterward. But as <laughs> Ty is trying to find it on his phone, uh, we would like to read you uh, this bad review. Not to poke fun at, hey, this guy said something bad about us. We are completely fine with it. I know. I, I really, I really, encourage it. I um, really appreciate uh, honest feedback. Yeah. We, we talk about being that friend, being that honest individual or yeah. someone else. Tell and us how we're doing. I mean, I'll ask, I mean, I'll ask Joe and Joe will ask me about like how we did, what could we do different? And then there's things I've like, you know, putting more of the announcement stuff towards the end of the episode, something we've taken to account. And yeah. Uh, um, yeah, we go back, we listen to the episodes and, you know, we'll critique ourselves and then uh, Dakota will come up with ideas and I will ask people to be honest with me and they're honest with me. I really appreciate the, there's a difference between just kind of like talking shit and then creative criticism. Exactly. And I think creative criticism is really, really important. And the reason, and the only reason we're bringing up this bad review because yes. uh, uh, I mean, like you said earlier, just like as, as popularity hopefully is blessed upon us, um, yes. we are going to get both sides. There's gonna, yeah. We're going to see both sides of the aisle. It's inevitable. Just like Thanos. <laughs> um, but what this particular review is kind of, it's kind of ridiculous in what he's asking. <laughs> uh, so it's, it's April 1st. So it would be nice if this was a joke, but he still gave us two stars, two out of five. And it's not good, not funny is the title of this. <laughs> uh, and quote, so this is a couple of guys who want to talk about music industry stuff. He misspells music. And Tuix misspells topics. That would probably be really interesting if two other guys were talking about them. I love that. That's, what a great line. Iconic. Oh, so brutal. But these guys are insipid. 
and cracking each other up, but failed to amuse me or hold my interest at all. And I, to be honest, I'm sorry I lost you. But I, uh, I understand. I hey. mean, I want to keep fans that use Insepid as, <laughs> as, in their modern day vocabulary. And I'm, I'm sincerely. I feel honored to be worth a $5 word like insipid, which means flavorless. Oh, <laughs> I, I, I do apologize. Good, sir. I, I do want to keep those kind of fans around it's, well, it's, so or not fans. So it's what they're asking. And it's uh, that we're cracking each other up. One of the whole points of doing this is to have a good time. Yeah. So I no. <laughs> so I'm not going to stop cracking you up and then I, you're going to have your jokes as well. Like, no, that the whole point of this is to have a good time. Yeah. I just imagine the show this person does like, though. that's what oh, I want to try to imagine just like a dateline. Yeah. True crime. Night which I like true crime too, but when it's just one person, well, it's not even true crime. It's this topic, which is bizarre music. history. Oh. And so they're saying like these stories are really good. As long as it was two other people that were doing oh. it. And he doesn't like the fact that we're cracking each other up all the time. Because some of this stuff's just inherently which, funny. Which there is part truth to that because you and I can rabbit hole like some of a bitch. I, we, we already did in this episode. Yeah. And so there, I understand if, if yeah, if, the, if we need to like uh, not go off on tangents as much if, as we do. Curb the tangents maybe yeah, a little bit. Curbing the tangents, completely understandable. Not joking. Eh, that's, that's not going to happen. That's a little out of our budget. In 1975, Elvis faked his death to get away from the fame. (laughs) (laughs) This is really dry. See, that doesn't work because I already laughed over it. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, we coffin weighed 800 pounds. It was made out of pure copper. (laughs) But yes, we're we're not trying to uh, poke fun at uh, whoever individual wrote this. Yeah, I'm not gonna, we're is, not going to give their name out. Yeah, I mean, it is just we we appreciate honest reviews, and really this do. was like no, a, really seriously, I, kind of a celebration of the first of many that we're probably going to get. <laughs> yeah, 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 I probably. mean, let's be honest with ourselves here, Ty. It's <laughs> <laughs> just the and first if it's of not, many. If it's not a person's cup of tea, it's not. I don't. We don't expect yeah. everybody to love it. Yeah, but, wash uh, it anyway. That's all we, we're asking. It just. <laughs> it's just it just means we appreciate the people that like it even more. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and uh, we do appreciate it and watch it anyway. And we do appreciate you. We seriously do appreciate you taking the time to leave a review, even if it's not a good one. Yeah. Cause you still took your time to write it out. And then just, I'm just, I would prefer it be more critique you know, more yeah. not, not uh, these guys are going to have a good time. I really wish they would stop. be more constructive with your criticism. Why, <laughs> why, what, why? <laughs> That's a legendary performance. <laughs> uh, we also, I believe, have uh, th- this contest. Oh, yes. Uh, to bring that back full circle. Um, again, please, if, you know, if, he, if we do really, we do like criticism. It's not, it's not that. It was just the ridiculousness of the request. Yes. Um, so just to reiterate, uh, I want to thank everybody for listening. I uh, really appreciate you guys tuning in for this episode. Definitely. Uh, if you're at home, let's get a, let's get a round of applause for Joe's first hosting. Woo-hoo! Yes. Yeah. Fantastic. Yeah. I thought you did way great. too much. I, a lot of, I want to thank the Twitter, uh, the Twitter community. That was not near very, monotone enough. The, uh, the Twitter community was really supportive. 
of uh, Joe's first debut out. Yeah, thank you guys. I really appreciate it. It was very, very nice. Very, thank everybody for uh, their kind words. Um, but speaking of Twitter, so we are part of the Indie Podcaster Tournament. Yes. Uh, which we'll be fighting to the death with bladed wet. No. Um, so no, it is a, it's a tournament set up by that damn podcast and it's sponsored by Good Pods. And basically there's like 64 different podcasts. Yes. 64 different podcasts. And each week we're going to go head to head, head to head with various challenges uh, to progress to the next round and to ultimately end up to like, you know, come out on top. I don't yes. know. I don't know exactly how many weeks this is going to go, but this particular upcoming week, like March madness for podcasts. It's uh, it pretty much exactly. Uh, so this particular week we are paired up with Omega star seven. Again, Ooh. they're like a uh, kind of a audio comedy drama. Yes. Uh, about uh, bounty, bounty hunters in space, <laughs> which it's okay. Uh, you check it out. We, uh, we were listening to the show to get some ideas for our meme. Yes. This challenge, this week's challenge is us versus them to make memes of each other. So I do like a good meme. So I'm very, very excited to see what they're going to come out with that come out uh, for us. Again. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if what specifically for us. Do you think they went with one of the like nineties classics or uh, do you think they went more popular? format i really have no idea what they would do yeah i'm so curious what route they're gonna go i i I really can't think of like what i'm not saying the show is not memeable but i don't know yeah i don't know which way to take it because it's more of like theirs might be a little more straightforward because it's a show and we can compare it to other shows yeah not saying we're not uncomparable but i think it's a little harder to compare like talk shows because there's no like through line each episode that's true that's true so maybe they would go if it's a topic as a whole i don't know I hope they didn't use Ziggy as oh no as their template. No, leave my dog alone, you <laughs> monsters. Uh, but uh, we do, we did, we got a meme. Our meme. Uh, I gotta finish it tonight, but I'm pretty excited about it. Nice. Um, so we are. Uh, you'll vote on Twitter. It's going out. Look up that damn podcast, and you should be able to find the tournament, and then vote for ours. Yes, vote for us. Vote for us, so we can beat the. Uh, uh, Omega star seven into a pulp. Yes. Pulp fiction. <laughs> uh, and um, we have a treat for you guys. Yes. So the last thing on the end tag end of this episode. Yeah. Tail end of this episode. We are going to put a interview from our uh, lead singer, Connor from Otherworld, Who's going to talk about the curse of man. Our new song from Otherworld. I don't know. I thought I was going to say Otherworld in the same sentence. Um, and also it's the curse of man. I don't know. We got very used to say the curse of man the because of that's what we call the pretentious writing man with loops. <laughs> yeah, that's what we call it when we're in studio and practice and stuff like that. But yes, the curse of man. Uh, but it's a song you and Connor primarily wrote together. Yes. This You're- was actually my first writing with Otherworld in as a official band member. Yes. It sounds pretty good. Uh, so we're going to actually put that song right after the interview. So if you just like uh, keep listening after the interview and you're going to hear the song and that'll be the end of the episode this time. Yeah. So, so let us know what you think. Yeah. Let us know what you think. Um, and if I should do this again. Yeah. <laughs> or if he should have his own hosting. I think you should have your own podcast too. I have, I have you on for other think, episodes for sure. I think that would definitely be easier to research. I think. I think. Is I think. I'd like to see you have your own show as well. We'll have you. We'll have you do this again, but I definitely want to see you with your own show. Yes. Yes. 
So you can uh, find all this on, you can find our back catalog on Spotify, Apple podcast. If you can leave us a review, it'd be, it helps us out on the end. Good or bad. Yes. Prefer the five stars, but I also prefer honesty. So, Hey, what it's going to be, it's what it's going to be. So it really helps us out. If you just let, you know, tell us what you like, uh, didn't like, uh, what was your favorite part about this episode? Uh, Did you have fun with Joe hosting? I did. Oh man. I was terrified. Nah. At first. Nah, you did so great. terrified. You did great. Uh, you can also follow us on Twitter, which is Phantom Jukebox underscore Facebook, which is Phantom Jukebox or Instagram, which is uh, Phantom Jukebox podcast on all those social medias. Also, I want to thank Dakota Galvin for yes, putting definitely. all of the uh, so- socials together. She's been making those like, you know, did you know type things that kind of go like go after. Yeah, definitely. Those are awesome. She's been doing really, really good with the uh, album, the album, the uh, title card artwork as well. See what she does with this one. Yes, I think she's got it done already, but she's been killing it. Um, so thank, uh, thank you, Dakota, for all your hard work there. Uh, also, Kenny Grooms for his yes. wizardry with the intro music and future things to come for certain. Oh yeah, be on the lookout for that. Yes. So I think. Uh, we are going to sign off, but stay tuned for the interview with Connor and then the curse of man right after the that. curse of man. So, uh, what is it until next time until next time. Hey everyone. It's Connor from Otherworld. world. I want to talk about our new song curse of man. Um, when we were writing it, it was a pretty heavy, pretty fast, like intense song. So I had to like kind of really come up with lyrics that I felt really matched kind of the vibe that it was giving me and um curse of man the curse is kind of the miscommunication we have with one another and as a society where we kind of have these thoughts in our mind that we don't express and what ends up happening is is that we don't know that we have people that we can relate to and that we can rely on and we end up walking this path like alone when we probably can find people out there who've gone through similar things and um, have answers for us to help guide us along our way. And I like to use our lyrics um, to help like kind of like bring in the awareness to that because, you know, it's something that I feel communication is like broken down like today where we just become, we just isolate ourselves. So the song is kind of like talking about like, that is the curse of man. We have all the tools to communicate, but we don't use them.